for all my people out there that got a job. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. It's election day, motherfuckers! Yes, I am your host, Bree the Black Sheep, better known as the Black Bachelorette because I don't want these niggas, these niggas want me, right? Um, <laughs> We're back to my show that I love to do every week. And I know everyone's nerves are all over the place because my nerves are all over the place, like worse than usual because you know I'm always all over the place um Biden's gonna take this shit and let's just enjoy this ride I don't care what happens I don't care how these people act like y'all we got this in the bag so uh what did you guys do this weekend I know it was Halloween I almost forgot it was Halloween because literally when I woke up November 1st felt like a whole different I don't know like we literally just forgot all about October ever being here we woke up to just so much shit Monday but um this past weekend I was a nun so nun squared because I was a nun on nun I was like a sexy nun well I was like a whore I feel like I was like a skanky nun I don't know I I know y'all seen the pictures and I know that (laughs) my family is disappointed per use but um I had such a good time like I had so I had so good of a time that like my stallions are still like sore. Like I call my knees stallions because they think they own Meg. Like they think they Meg the stallion every time that we go that we go anywhere or go out. But <laughs> they burning like crazy right now. I got so drunk and uh, we actually went out. We social distanced, but it's no secret that we went out and we went to the speakeasy. DJ Hella Yella who. If y'all went to Texas State, you know all about DJ Hellayella. He was DJing, and yeah, that was my phone. I need to cut it off. Don't edit that out. It's fine if I make a mistake. Anyways, DJ Hellayella was the DJ, and there was just so much nostalgia. Like, I was so lit. I was so lit that, like, literally my titties was out all night. If you seen my outfit... At the last second, we found nipple covers for me. But, y'all, if we didn't have those nipple covers, like, my titties would have been everywhere. Like, all on the internet the next day. So, thanks, Kia, for the nipple covers. I had, like, the best time. It got so fucking crazy up in there. Like, one of, it was, like, kind of, like, groups of us, little bitty groups. It, it was my group, The Hive, that we created for Austin. But we had, like, little mini groups. One of our groups got into a wreck. You know, like, everyone knows it was, like, a full moon. So, I already don't trust that shit, but it was super spooky. But when they left, they got into a wreck and they got pretty messed up. Like no one had to go to the hospital, but they were in like a lot of pain and it was in their Uber. So we drove by and saw them and we're packed in a car. It was like seven of us in one car. I'm laying across the, it's like four in the back, two in the front. And then I'm laying across all the girls in the back. We was packed in their car because we wasn't about to pay for no Uber to get back at the end of the night. But we passed by the scene of the wreck and we're all screaming to each other. We're belligerent and drunk. So it was, it was a night and the other group, uh, they lost their car. They lost their car so bad that they called an Uber to take them around downtown to find a car for two hours. Two hours went by. They never found their car. And then a whole hour of them walking on top of that. I'm like, not only did they have to pay for an Uber to keep going around, like they couldn't find their damn car. So it was it was a crazy night. Nothing happened to us. We went home, got high. 
we was already high. We went to Waffle House, so <laughs> it it was a night. I had like I had the best weekend in so long, and I'm extremely ashamed of how much I was not careful. But like, <laughs> it's not okay to say this, but shit, if I die. I die and I have one of the best nights ever and I need to definitely quarantine and be more responsible. But God damn it, if I just can have one night of this whole year and survive, then I'm going to take it. So this week, I wanted to talk to you guys about just being your truest selves in vulnerability. Like, I feel like at the end of tonight, like everything will change I just think so much is going to change of our reality that like I wanted to drop a bombshell and expose myself and my truths on this episode so that no matter what like everything will change for me after tonight my world will change outside I mean the world will change inside my world will change inside because I feel like I will be my truest self my freest and I will be able to wake up because technically today it, it's technically Monday here. So I'll be able to wake up tomorrow, release this episode, bring in the new um, week with whatever president we end up, which will be Biden and everything will be different. And I'm so fucking ready for that. Um, drinking game. I know it's early for some of y'all, but psh, it's five o'clock somewhere. If you hear me say the word fucking go ahead and take a shot or smoke a blunt because I swear I say it so much that like it it cracks me up. So um, I wanted to talk about like why it's so hard for us to be ourselves. Like for me, I grew up in a black Southern home where I, I feel like my family was kind of conservative and a sense of like, you know, we were still Democrats and voted for our our people. But um, they were very everything in the house was based around morals and it was like solely on the Bible. So not to the point where my mom carried around a Bible or she's quoting chapters and telling me, but it's like when you ask about broad things or like why this can like boys can get away with something or girls can't get away with something or why you have to act a certain way or why you can't be like this. It was kind of like, because you'll go to hell. There was no reasoning behind it. There was no sanity to depict. It was just kind of like, because you're, you're, you'll go to hell. It's like morally bankrupt to do this. So I am barely about to be 30 years old and basically coming out as a black cisgendered bisexual woman. And I really kind of hate terms like I hate that we have to give terms because it is so important to people that you know what someone is or their sexuality. It's like even if they have no interest in you or anything, it's like they want to be able to judge you based on what your quote unquote morals are. And for a lot of people uh, dating within your gender is disgusting. Like it's actually one of the worst things you can do. I know family members who accept pedophiles, who accept like adulterers, accept thieves, people on drugs, but they would never accept their family member being gay because they feel like, I don't know why all the other things are choices as well, but they feel like this is also a choice, quote unquote. And they just really don't understand that it's like your identity. So For me, I've always felt like if I ever were to come out and let people know that I also am into women and and I hate the word. I kind of think I'm fluid or, you know, 
Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of fluid because I would date anyone, not just a man, a woman, or trans. I would literally date anyone I met. It doesn't matter the race. I feel like maybe I have a type or whatever that means because I love black men, but I could meet anyone and love that person and fall in love with, like, literally anyone. So, um, yeah, just how I was raised, it was kind of not okay to um, date within your race. So I, I feel like I'm bisexual because that's like the term that she used, but that's, that was never okay. And how I was growing up, like, and I knew from a young age that this is, that this was who I was. So I remember being in like pre-K and just loving little girls, like how, how boys have crushes. That's the thing. People can understand when it's straight. When, when you're straight and it's a little boy who, oh, that little girl in my class, I like her. Just because this little girl is in pre-K or first grade or second grade and he has a little crush on a girl, no one thinks, oh, he's trying to have sex with her. Or she, he's a child. He's innocent. So I don't understand why when it's the same sex, it's all of a sudden disgusting. It's like, oh, that's some sexual nasty stuff. And But if we're just children and I just like this child and this child makes me have butterflies and feel a type of way, what is so disgusting about that? I think that's one of the most purest things. That's a child's body and heart speaking out before their mind really knows what's happening. So my body knew before my reasoning knew what was going on. Like I saw little girls and just I I wanted to hold their hand. I wanted to hug them and like play with them all day. And when everyone was chasing boys, I just kind of didn't understand that. Like I I was like, why do we want to if they're being mean to us or picking on us or telling us we have cooties? Why why do we want to keep following them like I didn't understand it because I was attracted to women or children oh now it sounds wrong I was attracted to like girls when I was a little girl I um and so as I got older I got to middle school I mean no I think I was I want to say it was fifth grade I want to say it was elementary and they kind of did like a a class on like not sexuality but just kind of introducing like biology to us and telling us well when this happens with a boy or with a when a when this happens with a boy when you're a girl blah blah or when you're a guy and this happens and so I leaned over and I was like well what happens when you're a girl and you like a girl like what happens to us then and she was like her jaw dropped at me and I'm like I was confused. I'm like, what? She's like, you can't do that. You can't be like that. And my stomach turned and I was like looking scared like everyone in the class could see me. And I'm like, well, why? And she's just like, you can't be like that. Like my mom, my parents said like, you cannot be a girl. And like a girl, I mean, that moment right there. And she wasn't a doctor. She wasn't a teacher, but her expression and how she made me feel, let me know that like, I will never get to let anyone know that I like girls. Like I knew how wrong it was by how she responded. And there was never like an open conversation in my house where my mom was sat me down and was like, don't ever like girls. Don't ever do gay shit. She never, my mom loves all people. Like she really is so good to people. She was a great mom. So she never was openly like said the F word or, or did anything towards if she saw gay people, but it was like known that her children would not be this, this way because I will love all people and anyone can do what they want. And she's a very loving person. But within my household and my control, I want my children to get into heaven. I want to get into heaven. So I will preach to them what is best for them. What I'm realizing as I get older as a parent, you cannot have control over your child ever. You just cannot control. No matter what your child turns into, you can't control it. I hate hearing people or like men especially say like, 
oh, you're a hoe. And I'm like, well, why would you call a girl a hoe? Your daughter could end up being a quote unquote hoe. No, because my daughter will be what I raise her to be. My daughter will never do that. I hate gay girls or gay people because my daughter won't do that. My son won't do that. You have no control over your child. It does not matter how you raise them. You are not in control of them. You are not responsible for their actions. And they're not responsible for making you happy and choosing what you want for them. So, like, as I get older and as I'm parenting, like, I try to be understanding of my daughter because I I know how it was when I was growing up and my expectation was being a certain person or a certain type of person to please my family and my parents and the people around me. Almost so that my natural body and what I was developing was completely against what I was being taught. So to everyone else, it may be like a choice. But to me, as I grew up, I knew I couldn't be a part of me. And you may not think like you're like, oh, she's bisexual. She can choose a man and a woman because I've had this conversation with people in my family. And they're like, well, if you're both, choose the one that people will want you to choose like Choose a man because if you know that you like both, why not fall in love with a man? Because it'll be easier because I'm like, what if my soulmate is a woman? What if I just meet a woman I love so much? I have to tell myself no, because the choice is already made for me. And I think because that quote unquote choice and I'm not full quote unquote gay that people are like, what, why would you choose the wrong thing? But the attraction is not a choice. That's why I hate when people like if I was to marry a man, someone would assume that. I like I'm just not bi anymore or that it works like that I will always be attracted to women always and if I'm with a woman I'll always be attracted to men it's the same way when you're a man with a woman and you're married to a woman for the rest of your life you're still gonna be attracted to other women it doesn't cut off you don't marry this person and then your attraction just shuts off it's your choice whether to cheat and to go out and do these things but it wasn't your choice to be attracted to a type of person or a gender like, cause it was not my choice. I knew I loved women before men and I was taught, I feel, to like men. It did, it came natural as I got older, but it wasn't naturally what I wanted as a child. And the more, the older I got, like my mom got more aggressive, the more signs she saw. And I would tell myself like, no, she doesn't see the signs. Like I'm just that great at hiding it. But she was so much harder on me because she did see the signs. She went through my diary one time and I got, I, I got my first boyfriend who was awful, by the way, shout out to you ho ass dude. Um, I got my first boyfriend and she was so happy, which is funny because um, my brothers could date from a young, young age. They could do what they wanted, but me and my sister had to wait until high school. So it was freshman year, but since my sister got caught or messed up as we called, called it, since she got caught dating or liking a guy, writing a no, whatever she did, then my mom was like, okay, now you can't date until 10th grade. So somehow when that, for me, when it came around, she was like, well, your sister messed it up for everyone. So now you can't wait. You have to wait until 10th grade too. And at the time when you're a child, you don't think this is some sexist shit. You're just like, this is just what happens to us. We just have to follow these rules and they make sense. You don't really know that you naturally want something and them telling them you can't, you can't have it or you're wrong or gross for thinking that you should want it while boys can have this it's wrong. It's just wrong. There's nothing in our biology that says, that says because you were born with a dick or a vagina that you should have certain rules. That is ridiculous. You're fighting biology with whatever you think your moral grounds is. 
So when I got my um, first boyfriend, my mom was so happy. Like, so it was kind of backwards that I was never allowed to date. But when I got my first boyfriend, she was excited about it. So she was like, she told me one time, she was like, I was, I was happy to know you got a boyfriend because I thought you were going to be gay. And I was like, what? I was like, why did you think that? She's like, because one time I went to, through your diary and you had made a list of 60 things or something that you wanted to do before you graduated high school. And she said, number one was kiss a girl. And at the time, I didn't know that it was, yeah, I wrote that, but I thought that it was just some like, you know, I love my friends, do some like, there's just some exciting shit to do. I didn't, I didn't think it was as deep as it really was. So when she was upset about that, I was like, uh, okay. I was like, yeah, I think I did write that, but who cares? And she was just like, oh, well, I cared. And I thought that was, that's not cool. Like, so I was happy that you got your boyfriend and she was pissed the rest of the car ride. She didn't speak to me the rest of the car ride. And my mom's great. I don't want anyone to think that I'm bashing my mom. She's great. And it's, of course, we have to put these disclaimers out there because even though I'm speaking on my mom, don't come for my mom because I'm going to come for you. So <laughs> don't get in my comments talking about your mama was so wrong. No, nah, we're going to fight. My mom is my mama. Let me speak my truth, but don't come for my mama. So anyways, um, so it was those little things. It was like, as I got older, I just knew I could not express the side of me. Well, it ends up happening, of course, that I get my first girlfriend. So I get my first girlfriend I'm in high school. And it was like, uh, it, I was a senior and I think she was uh, lower, lower than me. And I was going to go off to college. So the summer going off to college, we got really serious. Like, I think till this day, that was still one of the deepest loves I've ever had. And it was a love where we connected and understood each other that I've never gotten with anyone else. So um, <laughs> it when I got to college, me and her were together so often that it definitely piqued my mom's interest. And I just want you guys to know, I've never had this conversation with my mom or anyone in my family. So everyone listening to this is getting this truth right now, this tea Nobody in my family knows this, but maybe one person. And this is going to rock my whole world as much as it's rocking you to think think about it or listen to. But I fuck it. I have decided to be vulnerable this year. And it's like taking a good-ass dump. It feels fucking good. Unloaded because it feels fucking amazing. So, yeah, my first love, who I won't name, but she knows. So much that I got her initials tatted on my vagina. <laughs> we dropping tea, right? <laughs> I got her initials very small. My vagina is still there. It's still there. And people give me head, I think about it all the time. But anyways, um, she was the best partner I've probably had in my life. She was so compassionate. She was so good to me. But I was, I was at a stage in my life where I did not like who I was. I thought I was so ugly. I was graduated from a racist high school. I didn't like who I was and I didn't like that someone liked me so much when I didn't like me. It was like, what's wrong with her? Why is she so into me or treating me this way? So I would just, I think I would just be super bitchy or do little things because I knew that in the end I could never end up with her because of my family and my mom. So I was sabotaging a beautiful relationship because, um, like I just wanted, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to end up with her. So I didn't want to get so close to her attached to her and I would just make little things and make issues and just I didn't realize what I was doing I thought she would just be acting like just complain or whine about the stupidest thing but I was really like a dick for no reason I was a straight up nigga like and um so th this is how 
not being accepted affected me throughout my life and my relationship. So, of course, that didn't work. After that, I go off and and my mom actually almost found out. She confronted me about her. She came to my college dorm. She confronted me about being with this girl. And I was like, no, I would never do that. And I was like crying because I was so scared because the aggression she gave me let me know that if I admitted it, she would never be okay with it. I had it in my mind that my mom would literally never talk to me again if I admitted that I was bisexual or that I was gay because she was just so angry at me for something that I couldn't control that it was scary for me like I was like I had lived so long from my mom's expectations not even in a bad way because she had some great expectations for me but I wanted to make her so proud because I loved her so much that like I just really wasn't living like I I, I would never have came out or wanted to lose my mom ever I would have been whoever she wanted me to be to make sure I could have that relationship with her and it took like this year in my life to know that like it was not it was killing me like and when I try to express it or explain this to my family members, it always sounds like playing victim to them because these are things they've never experienced or gone through. And since it's so easy for them to choose the things that they choose in their life, they don't understand why I just can't be as normal, quote unquote, as they are. And that little piece of, of, I don't even want to understand this, so I'm just going to go against this. Like, it just carries on and rings true. It's just like such a burden on me. And I need that weight lifted. And yeah, so as I got older, I would constantly, you know, I end up having my daughter because after that relationship, I, I really wanted, I, she was very aggressive. She came to my dorm. She was I convinced her that I was not um, gay and she believed it. She went off, whatever. And so I went on to start dating my uh, oldest daughter's dad. And I like just wanted to push this family image on myself so much just to get everyone off my back. So I ended up having my daughter and that situation kind of shortchanged my life because I was a senior in college. I didn't graduate. I ended up having to completely raise my daughter by myself with the help of my mom. I had no help from her father and I just feel like all of these things stem from me trying to be someone I wasn't. Like, I wasn't even so deeply in love with her father ever. Like, I was just obsessed with the relationship. I just, he never deeply loved me like he should have in a healthy way. And I wasn't loving him because he didn't treat me right. And it, it all stemmed from, like, wanting to have, like, this traditional relationship, traditional marriage and be as normal as everyone else was, that I wasn't even focusing on me, my goals. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with myself for my life because I just needed so much validation from the people around me and my family. And it, it's not even pressures that, it's not like everyday mom's calling me or telling me you better do this. And she was actually a very supportive person as long as she agreed with it. Like we could talk about anything except for those things. So she was like, awesome. So it was. It, it made me even more feel like if she's such a great mom and a lot of people don't have moms and families who love them this much, who always have their back like my mom had for me, then it's it's me. Everybody else is normal. All of them had the same dad. I had a different dad. All of my siblings shared a like space that I was not a part of. They're all straight. They all have their even in their disappointments, it's never as disappointing as what my disappointment was to my mom. If I can get through this whole episode of crying without crying, like I'm a boss bitch. So yeah, <laughs> um, it was just a very lonely feeling and it was a burden that I could never speak to anyone about. Like 
my other's siblings, like my brothers, I wasn't that close to. And my sister just was like, I always see my sister as perfect. She is the perfect mom. She, you know, she was a virgin for like most of her life. She was just so pure and just good at everything she did in sports. And I was never like that, that it was like, she would get so much shit from my mom and she was not, and she was perfect to me. So I knew I could never be imperfect. Like it would just be the worst thing. And like I said, it wasn't even like they were constantly putting pressure on me or my mom was putting pressure on me. It was just the fact that like, I knew the consequences of not being who I was supposed to be, that I was constantly putting the pressure on myself. It went far past anything they were telling me because it was stuck in my head that I knew what they wanted from me. And I just always felt like an outcast, the black sheep, always anywhere. And just to catch up to speed, like I, I am where I am today. I have only ever been in one serious relationship with a woman. The rest of my relationships have been with men and they've been extremely disappointing to say the least. So as much as I'm trying to force myself or want to force myself to be in an image of what the world or the people around me want, like I just can't do it anymore. And a situation happened this year where like the people I love showed me that like at the end of the day, even if they do hurt me, they don't owe me nothing because it's their life. So if the choices they make make them happy and it will crush me, they don't fucking care because it's their life. And at the end of the day, if this was what gives them peace, they don't care if it shit know how I feel. So I'm like, why have I been living my whole life caring about what they think so much when if I make these choices, it won't even like harm them or really truly affect them at all. It won't, it will just be that they will have to be ashamed of their, you know, family member who is this way or does this stuff. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't actually affect them like the things I'm upset about. So why have I been living for people who would choose them because they should, they should choose them. We should all choose ourselves. We should all choose what's going to make us happy. And if it makes someone else upset, then you got to live with those consequences. And if they're not grave enough for you to fix your behavior, then you just don't care. So the consequences for me were so grave that I stayed in this cocoon and I stayed, but you know what, bitch, today I'm a motherfucking butterfly. Like I'm about to expand these wings and I'm I'm going to change who I am. I'm going to wake up and decide my destiny and my control over my life because I can't control how everyone else will respond to it, but I can uh, control it. Like I can control my own fucking destiny. Like I can be whatever I want to be. And I've never been this happy and at peace with who I am. Like I know people see my like rants on Facebook or my passion and they believe that it's always anger. Like I'm usually fucking happy. If you're ever around me, I'm a fucking ball. Like I'm a bubbly personality. Like I'm dope and I'm just passionate. Like I'm passionate about fixing the world and changing people's opinions and, and perspectives because I know you all think that you can just choose to live your life and do, do what's going to help you and fuck the rest of the world. But those consequences can come back to you. Like you can choose you all day and someone who you're fucking over can come back and fuck you up. Like if you don't care about the world at all and you're not trying to change who you are and become who you truly are supposed to be, like, you can self-sabotage. And I was self-sabotage, and I refuse to do it anymore. So this is who I am. I'm a mom. I'm black. I'm a woman. Like, I'm sexually liberated. I, I'm me, and I can't be nobody else but me. And I was doing a disservice to the people around me by not being myself because I don't know like I'm going to come in with this new version of myself and expect people to accept it, but they don't even know me like that. 
I've been somebody else for so long, they don't fucking know me. Like, so I've been doing a disservice by trying to people please instead of being who I was because I haven't let people really get to know me. So hello, motherfuckers. This is who I am. This is just me. And I'm going to challenge you to be exactly who you are. Like, what are the reasons why you don't believe you're able to be who you are? Is it trauma? I know for a lot of women, like, we're groomed to feel like we're supposed to be, you know, a lady in the streets, quote unquote, but a freak in the sheets. Like, we're raised our whole lives to be like, you better not be a hoe. You better not be sleeping with these dudes before you graduate. Like, and it makes you feel like once you get older and you're expected to know how to have sex and be all these things men want, you're like, when was I supposed to learn these things again? How was I supposed to go from being holy to now being a wife and being all these things, a freak, a a cook and all these things that we never learned about because we were supposed to be classy. Like women have a lot of trauma. So it's hard for us to be ourselves because we're constantly under scrutiny. Like I'm under scrutiny for being black, but then I'm under scrutiny for being a woman and then a mom on top of it. When I post certain things, I know people are looking at me sideways. Like I post my children all the time. I'm constantly with my children all the time. But if I posted like my Halloween outfit, that's, skanky as hell people are like what is she doing and what examples are she setting for her children but no one thinks that when men just kind of just they they can be as liberated as they want and no one thinks what is his son gonna think because they're like boys will be boys so I feel like I'm always under under scrutiny that I'm never actually just showing my authentic self so what is it for you guys is it your trauma like I know for a lot of men I'm privileged enough to get on this fucking podcast and know that I can tell my sexuality and the worst thing that can come is is a side eye or some negative comments. There are men who could do exactly what I'm doing right now and could get killed for it. Like their old partners could be upset or, or anyone like men can't just come out as bisexual as openly and freely as women are. I've been very privileged in my life to have the experiences I have and be as loud and proud as I could And men don't get that. Like men are definitely victims of like having to be masculine all the time. Like mostly every single woman that I know right now would never date a bisexual man. I'm super open in saying that I don't care who a man has been with. And it's always the whole, well, he could be, he could have HIV. Okay, girl, do you know how many bisexual men are on the low? And if they don't tell you because you're not allowing them to tell you, they could fuck you anyway and give you quote unquote HIV. It's not just gay men who have HIV. Women have it all the time. Like some women are born with it. That's ignorant to think that men should be able to have the same experiences that women have and be able to talk about it without everyone calling them gay. Like Young Buck, I know y'all know the rapper Young Buck. He was in the the um, grocery store the other day and there was a dude following him around talking about, ain't you gay? Didn't you fuck with a trans woman? Ain't you? Like that happened to him like 12 years ago and he's getting hounded. This dude is like all up in his face. I like, want to fight him talking about you soft, you weak. He'd been out of the rap game forever. He's just with his family. He was literally with his woman I think or his kids and he was just in a store and he's like I'm about to have to fight this dude because he found out I was with a trans woman or something like men are not allowed to be who who they are and it's in a way bigger sense than women women are more you know oppressed but men are oppressed in their mind because they're not able to be as liberated as they believe when they're sexual or when they're open about things it must be about women and for gay men who want to protect their peace they got to hide that shit forever I knew that it was still at least a little bit okay for women to be open, which is why I've told friends there are men who can never tell their homeboys 
they could never tell their homeboys yeah i just fucked this dude last weekend because this is, was a sexual experience i wanted to have that i needed for myself they can't say shit like that they homies gonna be like oh my god if people find this out like they would think we all gay so let's kill this dude like it'd it be that serious sometimes i'm not being dramatic it'd be that real like people are killing trans women all the time Men are not able to be as liberated sexually as women are when it comes to the other gender. So I've been privileged in that way. Yeah, it's hard for me to talk about this now because my family will hear and judge me. But I've been able to tell other people and have friends support me. A lot of men go crazy inside their head because they can't ever do that ever. Not even to a woman, not even to their own moms who coddle them. It's like I'll accept my son who has like three baby mamas and goes back and forth or cheats and dogs women, beats women. But my gay son, oh, he got to stay in that closet or he ain't come to Thanksgiving. Like that's just real. So what are your traumas? Get to the root of that. If if there are people, you know, I was just talking to my producer about um how there's a lot of people who they are bisexual boosie boosie i'm coming for you badass with your gay ass boosie coming for a little trans child or gay people all the time because he hiding his identity people like that like people who every single week are bullying and targeting like gay people and you think they're just that homophobic that stems from something like if you just can't stand that you don't fuck with it it wouldn't be something you talked about all the time like, why are you so obsessed? Homophobia is literally just being obsessed with gay people. Racism is being obsessed with black people. You're that obsessed that you have to let people know. You hate it that much because it's stemming from something. What are you so insecure about? And I don't care if the Boosie fans get mad. I hope y'all saw that Mike Tyson interview too. Like, when he told him, well, why didn't you shut the fuck up? Like, <sighs> People have to be their truest selves because it will also benefit the people around you. Like when you are not your truest selves, you judge people who are able to be free. Women judge other women for being sexual. What does it have to do with you? If you think you're classy and these other women aren't, why does it hurt you that they are so sexual and open? What does that do? If your daughter sees them and your daughter wants to be like them and you you totally believe that, oh, children can't see this and keep your daughter from all, going on their damn page. Don't talk about them. Why is it so hard for you guys to let people be them? The Like no two souls on this planet are the same. I know y'all think soulmates is a thing and it may be and there may be multiple soulmates, but not no two people are always going to agree or be the same thing. So why are we all following rules that make us be the same? Why are these rules in place to keep us all the same as each other when none of us are the fucking same? We ain't even the same color. Like, why would we think that we all need to have the same rules, morals? And if not, you're going to lose your life over it. I'm going to beat your ass over it. I'm going to disown you for it. Like, I won't help you for it. I'll let you lose your life over it. Why is it that deep? Because we're different. If what I'm doing doesn't even affect you, what does it matter? This is why you have to challenge yourself to, to get to the root of who you are. And you have to really think when you get in like ignited by something when you get annoyed by something what is it like I love my daughter so much she's my world but when you have children you see all your insecurities exposed and all the things you can't stand about yourself mirrored your children are exactly who you are all the little things I can't stand about myself or that annoy me my daughter does because I'm doing this still and not fixing it so when I get annoyed at her for doing these things what is it stemming from me it's stemming from me and my insecurity of who I am. 
She's not picking up her stuff. She, my shoes are, are laid out everywhere. She's putting her shoes everywhere. And I'm like, Zuri, pick your shoes up. Like every day I tell you this and I look over my shoes is next to hers. Well, what is she wearing? So what are you really upset about when you're getting on people and when you're spewing these things? Like this shouldn't even be so offensive. And if you're offended by something right now, you really got to think about what it is that you're not allowing yourself to be like. I wanted to call this episode vulnerability, vulnerability. I said it right. (laughs) Vulnerability hangover. I I started drinking and so I keep slurring my words and I'm like, I am never going to get this word right. Um, vulnerability, vulnerability hangover, (laughs) because I knew I was going to wake up and feel like I had stubbed my toe, like, fuck, like a knee jerk reaction. Like the first thing I'm like, I should never have recorded this episode. I should never have told anyone. I can never take this back. They will know who I am. I'm exposed. I'm naked. I be naked all the time and I look good. So let's just do it. Like, let me just put myself out there and see who accept it. Who will accept this and who will support me? Because I may be surprised. And the people who don't, that's just acknowledging that they really don't need to be in my life. I may love you. You may be family, but I'm going to love you over there. If you can't accept that this is really who I am and I've known this forever and I've never been able to change this, you just don't love me. Like, I'm going to always be me. And that's the one thing I can love about myself. So, like, we got to be vulnerable. Like, I've really been learning that this week. I have been really open and honest with myself. And like, I'm just proud. Like I had a situation that happened to me this week and it was a big deal. It held like 10 years of trauma I had been been having. And it was to the point where I was like crying when it happened, not even understanding that I held this much resentment. A friend of mine who I was super close to in high school, it was one of my first best friends of my life that I was this close to. Um, She was a part of like the little crew of people who were kind of racist towards me and treated me bad in high school for no reason. But we were best friends at first that almost when we got to college and and everyone flipped on me and she joined them. It was like the most painful thing of my life. Like we end up fighting over it. We end up fighting over a situation that she did something extremely disrespectful. And it was something I, I, I knew I would never forgive her for it. Never in life. But She also has a chronic illness that she's been battling since we were in high school. And I was always by her side. She would always get sick to the point where we thought she would die. And, you know, I was always by her side. So we stopped being friends. All these years have gone by and she reached out just last week. Well, when she initially reached out, like I looked at it and kind of like, like sucked my lips like this bitch. Ten years later, she wants to reach out and like be apologetic like fuck that like this is the year where I feel like I am at my best like in this moment of my time I'm like creating I'm doing my podcast I was so afraid of going to my like 10-year reunion because I felt like a failure like this is a moment in my life where I feel like I got everything I want right now I have me so seeing her reach out when I'm doing so well just made me like basically like irritated like just kind of like how dare you come at the best point of my life and think you can just say sorry and get this version of me that you don't deserve. So that was the initial uh, reaction that I had when she first wrote me. And then um, I didn't, you know, I I responded. She she really apologized and she was um, vulnerable, that word again, about everything that she had done. And she like, the way she apologized was so sincere that I believed it automatically. But I was still in the space where I was, you know, even if she is apologetic and she's sorry, does she even deserve me? And I was like, no, 
I can forgive and just forget and be like, you know, I'm, I feel great like, like that I can forgive her because I didn't forgive her all this time. I know people say you don't, someone doesn't have to be sorry for you to forgive. Well, what this bitch did to me, I, she needed to be sorry. Or I could never forgive her in my mind. So, um, I just, you know, I, I responded and told her you a bold ass bitch. And I appreciate the fact that you would reach out because that takes guts and she was like you're the she was like the reason I didn't reach out all these years because I know how how you are and I know you're not a forgiving person when someone hurts you this bad so I never reached out and it's crazy because every time I fall out with a friend they say that they're like you're so good to us that like I know if I fuck you over like this you're not gonna forget it and I don't because I'm trying to protect my space but she was like I I, I don't care I'm at the point in my life where I'm gonna try anyway so I told her I respected her and I'm like but we will never have a friendship we will never be anything but I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that this lets you heal because it's letting me heal. So she ended up, she just kept writing and writing. And I just kind of stopped responding because I'm like, I told her that we're good. She asked to follow me and listen to my podcast. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But I don't need to follow you and have anything for you. Well, she just kept writing and writing. And then she started sending voice messages. And I heard her voice and like, it almost brought me to tears because it brought back all the memories we had. Like we grew together. We, we spent like our years of high school together in, in a, a year or two in college and we became women together. So it was like, she, I feel like she was almost like a sister of mine. So it, it hurt so bad that she did me the way she did. And I didn't know until I heard her voice and how apologetic she was, how much I needed to hear that. Like, I didn't know how vulnerable I needed to be to allow myself to accept that. Like, I like, I started to tear up. And so I finally responded. We talked on the phone. We talked about things and she went through each and everything that she did wrong and apologized in a very sincere way. Well, she's at a point in her life where her health is, is severely bad. And I made the decision to actually allow her in my life and, you know, not, just be best friends or anything, but just be in a space where we're okay. And, you know, we can talk about things and we can be okay with each other. And I can't support her journey and what she's going through because I would have never in my life thought that I would be at a point where I would think that it was okay to forgive her ever, ever for what she did. Because most of the trauma that I had in my life and the racism I experienced was through her. Like, her mom was extremely racist to the point where she didn't care if I got hurt or something happened to me. And I was, it was at such a young age because I was black. Like she didn't care that even though I was young and I was a child, she didn't care what happened to me because I was, I was black and she was very open about it. And I didn't understand. So I had so much trauma because of her and so much hatred for her that I didn't know that I, that it was, it was really just hurt. Like love. It was like, the hatred I have was just pain caused by how much I loved her and being vulnerable and listening and allowing her to be apologetic and me to listen to it and believe it. It did wonders for me. Like, I don't know where we'll go and what will lead, or what will happen, but allowing myself to let in some love was like amazing. And I'm not a very loving person. I'm a very like, like I'm a very loving person to people, but I'm not a loving person in pain. Like if I've been caused hurt or I've been wronged, it's almost like I guard myself so much that I can't even be nice to that person. Like it is the reason why 
I'm able to get out of relationships with people so quickly because the moment something happens where I feel like, oh, you've done this to me, I can never forgive it. I'm so judgmental because I'm so good to people that I'm like, if my loyalty is this, why is your loyalty? If you love me enough, you would have been loyal. I loved you enough to know I wouldn't do that to you. Why did you not love me enough? But really, people are raised differently. People experience things. I was raised in a way where I always had everything I needed. I wasn't raised in survival. A lot of people don't have the right homes, the right tools. They're not loved properly. I was I was raised on love. I was able to love other people openly, be loyal. I was taught these things. Other people weren't. So while you think it's about you, it's really about them. And because I've opened myself up to being vulnerable and being who I am now, I was able to forgive and show love in a moment I never thought was possible for me. And I'm like extremely proud of myself. Like it's something every person needs to do. Like ego and pride is so huge and I'm a Leo. So it's huge. Like my ego is is way bigger than anything else. Like that's just who I am. It, it's my it's my way of protecting me. So to put that down for something or to let it go for love, it's scary. It's it's a scary feeling because someone can disappoint you again and it can crush you. So it shows strength to to give those up. It's it's strength. That's it. That's all it is. So yeah, like I just I just want everyone to be like their truest self. I just want everyone to get in tune. It doesn't have to be a spiritual journey. It doesn't have to be a religious thing. It can just literally be you looking within and and trying to understand yourself. That's why I love to understand myself sexually because you you figure more things out about yourself. You understand what pleases you do that with your soul. Do that with your fucking chakras, like get them, get them together. Um, I'm gonna take a break and smoke a break. Okay, we're back, everyone. Um, I'm lit. So my knee-jerk reaction is very numb right now. I guess it will come in tomorrow. <laughs> but my conscience is a little bit there. Um, I'm so excited to bring you guys my Black Sheep of the Week because it came out of my vagina. Mm-hmm. It's my daughter, my baby girl. My Zuri is a Black Sheep. And she letting her mama know right now. So she gets in the car the other day. Or it was like last week. She gets in the car last week and she's like mom I had the best day at school today and I'm like what happened what was your favorite part what happened what's going on and she's like um, my teacher was so proud of me because there was some guy he was saying really inappropriate things and or I think she said there was a little boy there was a boy in her class or whatever he's like he was saying inappropriate things and so I told him maybe you should think about the way that makes people feel like you shouldn't say things like that to other people and she said what he said was so bad and inappropriate mom and I said okay what happened and she's like my teacher was so proud of me she was like you're just so mature Zuri and she's like it just made me so happy it made me feel good and um I was just so proud of her. So we start driving. Her teacher texts me right at that moment. And she's like, I love having Zuri in my class. She is just like just a special part of the day. And she's like, I'm just so proud of her. And it made me feel so good. Like, I feel like when I take her anywhere to classes, like I always put her in the classes ahead. Like she's eight, but I put her like in the nine through 11 class because, you know, whatever she's in, like art or whatever she's like always really advanced so I'm always getting really good compliments from the teacher and even if every single person around her wants to do one thing or 
are they okay with bullying someone or saying something bad? Like she always stands up for people and stands up for herself. And every time I pick her up, a teacher is telling me what she said. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't teach her these things. Like, I don't know if she sees it in me and see, I guess kids pick up the good things too, but she's my black sheep of the week. And I told her how proud I was. And I'm just like, I couldn't ask for anything more. Just, I didn't do that at that age. Like it took me a lot older to get the courage to stand up for myself, let alone other people. But she's just constantly on it. Like she's like, I sat her down one time and gave her a speech and told her like what to say if someone picked on her. And like, it's like, she just went all in and she just never lets a chance go by that. She tells people like, you're wrong. You cannot say that. Matter of fact, (laughs) one day I told her she needed to start helping. I'm like, Look, I'll, I'll work overnight. You really need to start helping around the house. Like, you're just leaving your little messes. You're doing stuff. And I'm like, you're going to have chores. You're going to start having chores, and you're going to clean up certain things before you can get on your games. She goes, I'm not a slave. I'm your child. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't. I was, like, taken away. I was like, why would you say that to me? <laughs> like, <laughs> who said that to you? Why would you say that to me? I mean, as honest and as bold as that was, like, girl, you need to at least clean up your dishes and your trash around the table. You'll be fine. Anyways, that's my baby, my black sheep of the week. I'm so proud. I have not been watching the news or much pop culture. I haven't even watched um, Housewives this week. I've just been really trying to Xanax the fuck out with no Xanax. (laughs) Like, I've been really trying to be so damn chill because of everything that's going on. I'm letting Halloween die down. It's just, I pay rent. Yeah, so. Oh, speaking of night and all those things, like, I got a promotion, guys. Hand clap. We're going to put a round of applause there. <laughs> I got a promotion at work, and I was just telling, like, Cesar about it, and I was like, um, I, well, what, what did I say? I was like, I didn't, I was like, I just knew I wasn't going to get it. That's what I said. I just knew I wasn't going to get it, but I went up for it. And like, you know, you need all these qualifications and I got it. And he was like, um, well, it, I'm curious. Why would you say that? And I'm like, why well, would I say what? And he's like, you just knew you weren't going to get it. I was like, I said that. He's like, yes. Why did you say that? And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, he was telling me like the self-talk, like it, it's clearly negative. And that's what I need to work on being more kind to myself because I got it. And the last time that I was in a position like this, where I was like supervising myself and didn't have to answer to anyone, same thing. I didn't, I didn't think I went up for it and think I was going to get it. And boom, I was like supervising at the airport. It was awesome. So still hating the post office, loving the money, excited about this promotion. The fact that I'm off weekends and I don't have to work overnight anymore. Like, I just want to be proud of myself. I just want to be like, like, I didn't want to say anything. So I'm trying to be humble But I'm like, why can't we celebrate our joys? Like, why are we so afraid it's going to be taken away if we acknowledge and and express it? Like, I'm fucking proud of myself, okay? Like, ugh, I'm proud of me. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, party favor, because we're going to, like, close this out. I want you guys to challenge yourselves and take that first step of vulnerability. Like, take it. It doesn't matter how little it is. My first step was getting a podcast and expressing my most inner thoughts that I know people will think were crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. So what is your first step? Like, really think about who you are and what you're hiding from the world 
And I know a lot of people don't like to be real with themselves, but if you just really start questioning your anger and your triggers, you can get to the root of what's going on. I've known for like 10 years that I was not being myself, but I was so okay with keeping peace around me that like there was no peace within me. So what was, who did that really benefit? I was constantly going crazy spiraling because I was upset people weren't accepting me. I was upset at being oppressed. I was upset at like having to be forced to be someone that I wasn't. And it was causing so much turmoil, 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 turmoil. It still sounds weird. I think I'm just learning my words. Turmoil. Turmoil. It's causing so much turmoil. Drunk thoughts. It's causing so much of that word, because I ain't going to say it again, because I got it right already, inside of me, that it wasn't beneficial to anyone. I was like walking around ready to knock people's heads off all the time. People would call me so aggressive, and I was. And I was right. But I was like just angry as hell. Also, party favor, try to care about other people. If you're selfish and you just don't give a fuck about anyone else because voting for your president or whatever is what helps you, that shit comes around. It's a butterfly effect. You can easily be rich and think, yeah, I get a tax break and I'm rich enough that cops will notice me and I'm famous, so nothing will happen to me. You can still, you're you're shortchanging the people who are poor and suffering. There's more of us than y'all. So when we starving so bad and we can't afford these things and get like better paying jobs and we can't feed our kids, somebody going to bust up in your house and steal your shit. Somebody it's going to come back to you and affect you some way. When there's people on the streets suffering, when the poor is the majority and the, the world is suffering at the bottom, it can affect you at the top. You're never just always around rich people. Somebody is going to be serving you one day. Maybe your assistant snaps because somebody in her family is going through this and she really needed Biden to win. You voted for Trump and she ended up killing your ass. Like, y'all really think it doesn't come back to you, but it does. Like, you may be rich enough to be comfortable, but poor people are suffering so much. That shit can only be out. It can only go out. It's, It's a disease to suffer. You want other people to suffer. That shit can spread to you. Keep keep trying to keep poor people from getting health care. You're going to keep having more sick people. All they got to do is go into the same store as you. All they got to do is cough on you. Coronavirus. It's easy. Like, y'all keep, y'all keep playing. Y'all keep trying to believe that, like, you only have to worry about yourself. And that shit is going to come around tenfold. Bam. So party favors this week is just think. Because it's so easy to just be ignorant and worry about you, but that's going to come back to you. I'm upset that the silent majority of the Trump supporters is starting to be black men. And when I ask them, they're just like, he don't give a fuck. I love that. He don't take nobody's shit. I'm like, so you just like the common sense of his recklessness as pertains to you and yours. Like, that's gonna, that ain't going to keep you from getting shot by the police, idiot. All I know is these last four years, y'all can say what y'all want about how racist the world has been. These last four years have been the most trying times of my life since Trump has been in. It has been the most stressful time of my life. It has been the most open racist time of my life. I'm sorry that a lot of y'all don't be having the jobs we have when we're in corporate America dealing with these people and you don't get to experience it the way we do, but it's going to come back around, y'all. 
I promise. So that's it. I think that you guys will all get to enjoy this episode if I decide I'm actually going to release it. (laughs) I guess I'm a boss like that. So we'll see. Go Biden. Biden. (laughs) 